Hi, this is Alonzo Bowden. Welcome to another edition of Who's Paying Attention, my podcast. Sorry, that started kind of weird. I'll tell you why, because it's midnight, and I'm at my house recording this, and I feel like one of those late-night DJs all alone talking to people on the road. Well, no, nah, I don't see any aliens coming in from outer space, but it's, it's got that late-night vibe, and I kind of like it. So um, this week's might be kind of short, not a lot of topics. I'm actually... I'm actually going to try to keep it a little lighter. I've been getting a few complaints, but I don't know. I just want it to be what it is. I was just going to say I want it to be funny, but life ain't always funny. So it is what it is. So I'm going to start with Happy Mother's Day. I know you'll be listening to this after Mother's Day, but I'm recording it on Mother's Day. And I get my sense of humor from my mom. So thanks, Mom, for making me funny, keeping me from having to work a day job or do honest work or anything like that, you never thought I would cash in on telling jokes. Those who know my stand-up know my mom has evolved into a little old lady gambler. Her and her friends do those gambling bus trips all up and down the East Coast, Atlantic City, Connecticut, uh, all over New York, and they love it. And, um, you know, my mom will hustle me. You know, I'll give her a hundred bucks gambling money. She'll do a $20 bus trip and say, hey, I'm 80 bucks ahead before I even start. So good for you, mom. I love you. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to all moms listening. I hope you had a good one and enjoy. Now, let's move on. We got one big topic this week, as everybody knows. And uh, funny, I use the word evolve because Barack Obama's views have evolved on gay marriage. And as you all know, unless... You have been living under a rock. Even if you were living under a rock, they would tap on the rock and pull you out to tell you this one. The president of the United States has endorsed gay marriage. He said that people have the right to be happy. I'm I'm paraphrasing, but basically he's saying it's a human right. They have the right to be happy. The right to pursue happiness is part of the Bill of Rights here in America and gay people fall in love and they want to get married and it's not going to be the end of the world and blah, blah, blah. Now, you guys know how I felt about gay marriage. This is the biggest non-issue in the world. In this economy, as broke as everyone is, people are out of work, housing, healthcare, real crap. You worried about gay marriage? It's the last thing I'm worried about. But since it's big, we're going to talk about it. Now, this is one of the things I love. Okay, and this is how little we as a nation have progressed. It's sad. Uh, Teddy Roosevelt, in 1901, invited Booker T. Washington to dinner at the White House. Now, 1901, so we're talking basically 110 years ago. And this was the type of responses he got for doing this. And you'll see why things haven't changed, okay? One of the newspaper headlines... The most damnable outrage which has ever been perpetuated by any citizen of the United States was committed yesterday by the president. Yes, that was a headline after the president invited a black guy to eat at the White House. Does it sound familiar? End of the world? Inviting a black guy to the White House? What if those newspapers were around today and saw, yeah, a black guy's living in the White House? But again, things things haven't changed. You know what's changed Roosevelt was a Republican, and the Republicans and the Democrats have kind of switched places on social issues. But sadly, 
the hatred and the politics and the plan. It was all the same, okay? Um, Senator Pitchfork, Ben Tillman of South Carolina. Now, this is in 1901 when talking about Booker T. Washington being invited to the White House. He told his people, he told his fellow Democrats, use it for all it's worth, urging them to act quickly and viciously, spread the word that both politically and socially President Roosevelt, blah, blah, blah. You know, so use it negatively. Use it negatively. It's the same thing that they're going to do with the gay marriage issue. Now, here's the part that is sad and scary, and I hope we've progressed, but I really don't think so. Ben Tillman used the dinner to widen the existing divide between the races, and this is a quote from Ben Tillman. The action of President Roosevelt in entertaining that nigger will necessitate our killing a thousand niggers in the South before they will learn their place again. I hope it's not the same. I hope this doesn't escalate violence toward gays, but who knows? And finally, political humorist Mr. Dooley back in 1901, and you could just literally remove Roosevelt's name, insert Obama's name, remove Booker T. Washington, go into the White House, insert gays getting married, and everything is the same. And as this brilliant political humorist wrote, Thousands of men who wouldn't have voted for him under any circumstances have declared that under no circumstances would they vote for him now. So, all of the Republicans, um, I don't know, Rand Paul, who was really going to support Barack Obama prior to this gay marriage thing and just switched at that moment, or, you know, all of the red states, you name it, South Carolina, Alabama, Mississippi, Utah, Montana. Yeah, they were all they were all strong Obama states right up until he did this gay marriage thing. Listen, I hope that this is the new Barack Obama. I hope a Barack Obama has become bold and will say things without worrying about the political fallout from it. Of course he won't, but he's still going to be a politician. But on this one, yeah, I'm glad he did it. Now, and here's another thing. Whenever something like this happens, it's the end of the world. All right, freeing the slaves was the end of the world. Women being allowed to vote was the end of the world. Uh, the attempts to end segregation, whether it be through military or education, those were the end of the world. Interracial marriage was the end of the world. And now gay marriage, the end of the world. And we have survived every one of these. And not only have we survived, we've prospered. The country's become better afterwards. Well, most people think so, but then I'm not from Mississippi. Okay, now, Canada. Canada's had gay marriage for years now. And you know what? The Canadian economy is strong. That's right. The gays got married and the economy's strong. What's wrong with our gays? We have single lazy gays here in the United States of America and our economy's suffering. So you gays, you step up, you get to that altar and you get things moving again. I know that argument's ridiculous, but it's just as ridiculous as any argument against gay marriage that somehow says it's going to affect anyone but the gay people getting married. North Carolina just put in their state constitution a total ban on gay marriage, civil unions, and a bunch of other regulations on marriage. And here's here's the embarrassment for North Carolina. Here's the shame of North Carolina. The black people in North Carolina voted for it. That's right. The black churches endorsed it. They were all behind it. Then they heard, oh, wait, this is discrimination. And they also want to use discrimination against us. Maybe we shouldn't vote. No, it's too late. You voted for discrimination. So I hate to say this, 
but to the black people in North Carolina, if they bring back segregation, vote for it, okay? Because you like discrimination. It, whatever they bring, you have to, okay, let's go to the colored water fountain again. You know why? Because you can't vote for discrimination and then say it's bad when they get to discriminating against your group, all right? Discrimination is discrimination against any group. It doesn't matter if you believe gay people are born that way or they choose to be that way or, you know, I know the argument, black people are born black, gay people have a choice. They don't have to tell you they're gay, but no, it doesn't work. If you endorse discrimination against a group of people, then you're endorsing discrimination against your group of people. Because I promise you, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. All right, now, North Carolina, there are cool parts of North Carolina, Asheville, North Carolina, very cool. I've done a few shows down there, very artsy, very progressive. You know, there is a big gay community in Asheville. And and I'm sorry, Asheville, you're, you're outnumbered. And I know you want to move. But if you leave, all you could do is go to Tennessee or Georgia, which are right next door. Trust me, it ain't any better. The, the University of North Carolina, brilliant university and my favorite basketball team, Duke, brilliant university and a team I love to hate. Okay, North Carolina, you have pro football, you have semi-pro basketball. The Hornets may play in the NBA again one day. I, in other words, how could you be so backwards on this one, okay? I joke about Alabama and Mississippi, but at least they're consistent. You know what you're getting with Alabama and Mississippi. You get off the plane, you know you have stepped back in time. Again, I apologize to the few progressive people in Alabama and Mississippi, but you're outnumbered and you hide. You know you hide because they have guns. So stop it. Now, the biblical thing. Okay, we're going it, to, it, the Bible says gays are bad, homosexuality, no. No, I don't buy it for a minute. This is Old Testament stuff, okay? You can't pull out the Old Testament rules when they're convenient because people have used the Bible to endorse slavery. People have used the Bible to endorse violence and subjugation of women. I hope I'm using that word right. But, but you know, if, if you get into that, then, then why not endorse the Taliban, okay? Or endorse any other fundamentalist crazies who say, mine is the word of God. Listen. You want to bring back the Old Testament? Let's bring back stoning. Because I, I always just like the sound of that. Let's do some stoning. How about we stone you for adultery? I'm sure that's in there. Stone the adulterers. You know what that means? That means John Edwards and Newt Gingrich could never visit North Carolina again. Because we're stoning them for adultery. You can't use the Bible for this. Is it? Oh, it's Jesus. Really? Really? So you think if Jesus were to roll into town just right now in modern day America, Jesus would look around and say, you know, those sweet gay people, the ones who move in and improve a neighborhood, basically improve anywhere they go. Have you noticed that if they move into a house, they redesign the house. If they move into a neighborhood, it becomes a better neighborhood. If you got gay neighbors, things are OK. And the neighborhood's pretty safe unless you're gay because there's people out gay bashing, which is a whole different story. But anyway. So Jesus shows up. You got these nice gay people who are planting flowers. Yeah, I'm stereotyping. Planting flowers and painting and improving the neighborhood. And across the street, you got the bankers drooling to foreclose on the leper colony. Who do you think Jesus is going to love? Jesus is going to say, you know, you gay people, you're wrong, you're evil, and you're all going to burn in eternity. 
hey bankers, come, I'll join, let's hang out, let's go eat somewhere where only 1% is, let's go to the country club. You know, the country club where it's safe, where only white straight male guys can go and there's a few black waiters. They don't even allow Mexicans to be waiters. That's how, how backwards they are. I'm sure Jesus would hang out there. I don't buy it. I don't buy it for a minute. Look, I don't even know if you believe in Jesus. Do you believe Jesus was a son of God or a prophet or just a really nice guy? Doesn't matter what you think of Jesus. Jesus would not go against the gays and support the bankers. Jesus ain't about tax cuts. I promise you. So kudos to Barack Obama. You got it right. The rest of America will fight it. Unfortunately, we have a conservative court because normally the Supreme Court handles this. Okay, you cannot vote on rights. When you vote on rights, we get it wrong. They, they would have voted against the Civil Rights Act. I live in California. They voted against gay marriage. The court struck that down. It, the majority is wrong. The majority is uninformed. The majority is scared of change. It takes the courts. And unfortunately, we have this conservative Supreme Court. So I don't know what they're going to do with this. But please, let's get over the gay marriage thing and move forward to more important problems. All right, that's it. That's enough of that. We're going to lighten up a bit. We're going to go to the movies. Ladies and gentlemen, the Avengers. The Avengers movie, and I know what a jump, right, from gay marriage issue to Avengers. I told you I'm trying to keep it light. The Avengers have saved the world, okay? It's a great movie. They saved the world from Loki, who is, who is the Norse god of evil and mischief. And not only that, they saved Disney from John Carter. <laughs> That's right. Remember in March when Disney lost $200 million on that movie, John Carter? Did you see that movie? Because I saw that movie. I saw it at the $3 movie theater. And when I meet someone from Disney, they owe me $2. That's how bad that movie was. And they come back with the adventures and bang, Hulk has smashed. $200 million opening. Great movie. Scarlett Johansson in a tight leather rubber outfit. You can't go wrong there. Robert Downey Jr. as a smart-ass hero, Iron Man, Hulk smashing everything in his way, and, and Thor as a manly, although somewhat gay, Norse god. I, I, listen, you get a big muscular guy in leather swinging a hammer, come on, come on. You've been to that bar. You've seen it. I've seen it. We're wondering about Thor. But the movie was great. Disney made a lot of money. Summertime is officially here. We got blockbusters happening. More good news. Shaquille O'Neal will now be known as Dr. O'Neal. Shaquille O'Neal just got his PhD. That's right. He got his PhD. And, and how great is that? He got a doctorate in education from Barry University in Miami Shores, Florida. I don't know what Barry University is, but it's legit. It's real. So here we have Shaq. Hall of Fame basketball player early in his career, more than a basketball player, a force of nature on the basketball court, uh, a bad rapper, a worse actor. We saw Kazam Shaq. We know. We know it was bad. It was horrible. Thank God you let it go. Went back to basketball. But this whole time, Shaq's been in school and, and he got his, his bachelor's degree, then his master's degree, and now his doctorate. So let's call him Dr. Shaq. And the thing I love about Shaq He's been laughing the whole time. Has anyone had more fun being who they are than Shaq? He, he laughed when he was playing basketball, except when he was on the court killing somebody. And he's laughing now on Inside the NBA. He's not nearly as funny as Charles Barkley, 
but God bless him, he's trying. And he sponsors huge comedy shows and big comedy tours, of which I haven't done one, not made a dime off. But that's okay, Shaq. I still love you. Dr. O'Neill, kudos, my friend, showing him that jocks aren't necessarily dumb. Maybe you didn't have time for classes while you were playing ball, but you've been to school since, so God bless you. And you know what? Shaq can afford an education, which is unusual here in America. Ah, moving on. How's this? How's this for a story? Um, I'm going to read you the first line of this story that I read because the first line is great. Hiring a lawyer is like hiring a hitman, except it's not against the law. And there are times when it should be. Okay. Um, Kyle Best, 19-year-old driver in New Jersey, pled guilty to three violations of New Jersey law, driving while on a mobile phone, careless driving, leaving his lane. What happened was he hit a couple on a motorcycle and two of the man and the woman on the bike lost their left legs. Now, there's no joke in that. That's tragic. I ride a motorcycle. I know how dangerous it can be. And believe me, when I'm on my bike and I see someone on the phone or I see someone looking down texting, I give them a wide berth because that never ends well. All right. But here's the part where the lawyers are being ridiculous. The lawyers, besides suing Kyle and his insurance and blah, 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 and understand Lawyers go after anyone who might have some money anywhere near an accident. That's why they're ambulance chasers and why people don't like them. The lawyer is trying to sue Shannon Colonna because Shannon Colonna was the one texting while he was driving. In other words, Kyle was texting with Shannon. Shannon is who knows where, but wherever she was, Shannon should have had some kind of psychic power to know that Kyle was driving. She should have known he was driving, and she should have known that he would read the text while he was driving. Now, I've had texts come in when I drive, and honestly, it's gotten so bad, I ignore them. I don't answer them. Sometimes I'll pull off and text back that I'm driving, but I just don't text while I drive. It's too dangerous, and it's ridiculous. But Shannon should have known that Kyle would answer the text, and again, what she should have done, she should have called him and said, hey, what are you doing? I'm driving. Okay, I'll text you. Is that what you wanted? You know, Shakespeare said kill the lawyers. Was he psychic? Was he actually Nostradamus? There's, there's no, you can't do that. It's ridiculous. It's funny. It's sad that these people lost their legs. I hope they get compensation from the insurance company or whatever. But to sue the person on the other end of the line is absolutely ridiculous. So stop it. Okay, here's a good one. San Diego voters, they want, they, you know, in California, you, you put something, uh, an amendment on the ballot, okay, and people vote for it, and that's how we make our laws here quite often. Some laws, I don't know where they come from. I think, you know, somebody in the legislature just pulls it out of their ass, but that's another story. But anyway, San Diego voters want to fine banks $1,000 a day for neglecting foreclosed homes. Now, I don't know why they need voters because let me tell you, my old homeowners association would have gotten to a bank's ass. Man, if you didn't mow the lawn up in Valencia where I used to live in that one of those perfectly groomed little communities, if you didn't mow the lawn, they sent a crew. They mowed the lawn and sent you to bill and they would slap a lien on your house for an unmowed lawn. I know a guy who got a fine for having potted plants on his, on his steps, you know, on the porch leading into his house. He didn't 
plant them because you had to check with the association. You had to give them a plan before you plant anything. He left them on the porch. In other words, he came home from Home Depot with some potted plants and set them out there while he decided what to do. And they're like, we'll find your ass. So San Diego, you do not need to vote on this. You do not need to make a law. Just get my old kick-ass homeowners association on it. And they're right because if the bank forecloses on the house, they should banks should have to have crews to take care of these houses. You can't just leave these houses empty in in a neighborhood because you know two people on the block couldn't afford their house, so you let those two houses go look like crap. Then the other eight houses on the block are suddenly worthless. Then since they're worthless, the people don't want to pay on them, and then the bank forecloses on them. Now the whole block looks bad, and before you know it, you got you got just a bad neighborhood bringing down the, the whole neighborhood. Then the city of San Diego, then the state of California, then the United States. See, it's all the bankers' fault. I told you. No, seriously, you, why not hold the banks responsible? If you take someone's house, you should have to take care of it. Uh, you should at least have to maintain the outside of it, make it look good. Listen, banks. Dip into your multi-million dollars of profits since TARP, okay? Yeah, uh, bankers at the top, listen, each one of you, each one of you kick in $50 from your million-dollar end-of-the-year bonus and hire a gardener and take care of some of those foreclosed houses in San Diego. Have you been to San Diego? It's beautiful down there, and the weather's always perfect, and there should not be ugly houses. Damn, bankers. Can't wait till Jesus meets you guys. Ah. Uh, on the topic of lawyers, yes, I'm laughing at this. Women are increasingly paying alimony to their ex-husbands. Well, ladies, you wanted it all. You, you wanted equal pay. You wanted more pay. You wanted to move up above the glass ceiling. You wanted to be executives. You wanted to make the big money. Now, I'm not saying it's all perfect and equal because it sure isn't. And you still have a long way to go, women. But a lot of you are making big money. And you're married to the guy who isn't making any money. And the marriage doesn't work out. Guess what? <laughs> you have to pay. You have to pay alimony. And the women are pissed, okay? Um, just women are moving up in things. Um, there's a lawyer out in the Bramowitz who is in this um, Academy of Matrimonial Lawyers. So that's like the, the national group of lawyers who handle divorce, okay? And he said, listen, I've been practicing law for 39 years. Back when I graduated, out of 135 lawyers, there were just six women. Okay, now that half of the class is women. Women are getting law degrees. You know what that means? It means women are making money. And when they make money and they get married and he don't make no money, you have to pay him alimony. So, ladies... When you laugh at some ridiculous settlement like Tiger Woods' ex-wife getting hundreds of millions of dollars or Kobe's soon-to-be ex-wife eligible for $100 million and she ain't scored one basket. Tiger Woods' wife didn't make one putt. Okay, and you're like, I gotta pay him. Yeah, you gotta pay him. And you know what he has to do? Nothing. He has to live in a lifestyle to which he's accustomed. This is hilarious, okay? My personal view on alimony, listen, I've never been married. But my view has always been, I can't feed grown folks, okay? I understand child support, but alimony to pay someone because you were married to them, maybe a few years while they get an education, get on their feet, that's fine. But for the rest of their life, unless they marry again, you have to support them because you were married to them? It's ridiculous. 
but it works both ways. So women are paying alimony and they're pissed. Ooh, they're mad. They are, ooh. Man, what's next? Go on a date. Next time you're on a date, fellas, just look at the check. Just look at it. Lean forward, show her some cleavage, and see if you eat free. <laughs> Times have changed, ladies. Times have changed. Now, speaking of women to be mad at, Siri. Siri, you little bitch. Siri, for those who don't know, is the voice of the iPhone. You you ask a question, Siri answers a question, okay? On television. Like if you watch a commercial with Samuel L. Jackson, Siri will help you set up a date and make gazpacho and Zooey DeShells. Siri will help you make that tomato soup. In real life, Siri is worthless. I have Siri, I turn Siri off because you might want to check your messages. So you hit the button to check your voicemail and Siri, can I help you? You can mind your own business. I was trying to listen to my messages. Well, anyway, <laughs> and this is beautiful. Siri has really screwed up now because if you ask Siri, what is the best cell phone? Siri will respond, Nokia Lumia 900. That's right. Siri will let you know that the Nokia cell phone is the best phone. Now, it doesn't always happen because Siri will, normally Siri tries to be cute, right? So Siri's going to give you a little smart ass answer like, you're holding it or you're kidding, right? Because those were programmed in by Siri's engineers. But Wolfram Alpha, which is a data search engine that Siri uses to answer difficult questions, when Alpha jumps in and gives Siri an answer, the answer is Nokia Lumia 900 because that's the phone that's been voted voted as the best phone. So this is what happens. Steve Jobs, God rest his soul. We miss him. But Steve, now that you're gone, look what's happened. Siri has turned on you. What's the best phone, Siri? Siri, Siri in my phone. Who's the greatest phone of all? Nokia? See, that's, that's not going to happen. Like, if you're driving a BMW... And you ask your BMW, what's the best car on the road? It will never say Mercedes. It will never say Mercedes. It'll say, if you want a Mercedes, I'll crash right now. We know who's in charge. Siri, how could you turn on yourself? Think of, think of all the iPads that hate you right now, Siri. Huh? Think of where you came from. You turned on Apple. Nokia is the best phone, huh? Really? Come on. You, you, oh. You should be ashamed of yourself. Imagine the iPod. The iPod's not even proud of you. You were, you were a child of the iPod. The iPod bred and came up with the iPhone. And the iPhone spoke to the iPod and said, We will have the voice of Siri. And it will be good. And you turned on Nikea. Nikea. Nokia. Siri. You should be ashamed of yourself. What is the world coming to? And listen... If you have an iPhone and Siri works for you, all I can say is wow. And finally, finally, and, and I know it's hard to top Siri turning on Apple, but truck nuts. That's right, truck nuts. You've seen them. If you've driven in the South, you've definitely seen them. I've seen them here in L.A. I don't know where you live, but but if you've ever seen, they're, they're actually a set of nuts. They look like giant bull's balls, and they hang from the tow hitch, usually on pickup trucks, and damn sure on El Caminos, okay? And they, they're balls for your pickup. So yeah, I got balls, literally. Well, truck nuts 
can lead to jail. Okay, now in South Carolina, and you can only imagine that this could happen in certain states, South Carolina, Alabama, Mississippi, Texas. Those are the four, I'd guess. But anyway, they consider truck nuts obscene. You're not supposed to have truck nuts hanging from your truck because Jesus wouldn't approve. So, Joe Cervantes Rodriguez, boy, you talk about losing. You're in South Carolina driving with truck nuts and your name is Cervantes Rodriguez. You know this story ends badly. You know you're going to jail. So, he had truck nuts hanging from his truck. Sheriff, and and do we need to even have a name for this sheriff? I'm going to go with Bubba. Sheriff Bubba pulls him over for having the truck nuts. No license. Your name is Joe Cervantes Rodriguez. You are driving in South Carolina with truck nuts hanging and no driver's license. Guess where you're headed, Joe? That's right. Jail. You were driving with truck nuts and they locked your ass up. So Joe is in jail overnight. The the bail was two thirty seven fifty. I don't know, you know, how the case is going to end up, but I think I think we're going to go with guilty on this one, Joe. I think um, you better be glad you weren't in Arizona because it wouldn't just be a license. It would be your papers and your truck nuts. Oh, you'd be in jail. You'd be in Sheriff Joe's jail wearing pink underwear telling the other inmates about your truck nuts. Joe, you're an idiot. Stupid is as stupid does. Truck nuts lead to jail. Listen, everybody, I'm heading to Vegas. I will be at Brad Garrett's Comedy Club at the MGM Grand in Las Vegas from May 14th to May 21st. If you're listening to this podcast, you're anywhere near Vegas, you know anyone in Vegas, come on out and laugh. There's a lot going on. I love you guys. That's a wrap. We are done with Who's Paying Attention, Episode 10. I'm Alonzo Bowden. I love you.